Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Style That Binds Us podcast. We are thrilled to welcome Matan Gavish, founder of Fit Hit NYC, to the Style That Binds Us podcast. Matan is a former Krav Maga officer for a special ops unit in the Israeli Defense Forces in charge of training Krav Maga close combat, and counterterrorism to hundreds of special ops soldiers. Matan has trained U.S. Navy SEALs, U.S. Army Rangers, and is actively working with the NYPD Tactical Training Unit in design, practice, and implementation of Krav Maga to the New York Police Academy. He believes that empowerment through training is key to success, not only in violent situations, but in any stressful curveball that life could throw our way. Building a strong and sharp mind and body is one of the elements most emphasized in Matan's training. Thank you so much, Matan, for being here. Thank you, Delia. Thanks for having me. We are so excited, and I was privileged to come to one of the two-hour free seminar for women's self-defense at the beginning of this year, and I loved it so much that I immediately talked to the team to see what we could do together to support you in this company that you founded. So will you tell us more about what led you to start FitHit? Um, yeah, yeah. FitHit was, um, it was kind of a, a crazy idea where... I wanted to take the fighting skill set that I have learned through my um, both athletic competitive fighting background and law enforcement special ops background. Uh, so take that skill set, which is traditionally, I will call it more macho in nature, mm-hmm. and repackage it and make it more accessible, more fun and more attractive to women or to those that would more likely are more likely to get victimized on their on their day to day than, mm-hmm. for example, a special ops soldier or a Navy SEAL, which are less likely to be victimized just living life. Um, so that was the original idea, and what got me to really put the thought into it. I actually uh, I witnessed uh, a few. It was in New York City. I witnessed a few violent assaults against women just on the street. And I find myself intervening more than once. And then in one of those times, I ended up taking one of, uh, one of the girls to, uh, to the hospital after she was punched in the face on the subway, completely, mm. completely random assault. And, um, and as we were going to the hospital, I, uh, you know, we started talking and I, and I mentioned to her that there's this skill set, right? That if she just knew we would have prevented this entire thing from happening. And then she asked me, you know, but where, uh, you know, where am I going to go? You know, I do kickboxing. I'm not going to go into some, you know, MMA type gym with all these dudes <laughs> slamming each other, as you know, in cages. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm a lawyer. I'm 28. I'm 105 pounds. I'm like, and then, um, and then at that moment, it became clear to me that yeah, where is she going? That there is no place for her to go and learn this thing and feel and feel at home, right? And feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. She would she would have to take a lot of leaps in order to go to the places that will really give her the skill set. So I went with this crazy idea that I'm going to open up. A place where um, this type of skill set is being taught to the person who is probably the most afraid, it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the person who is the, the most removed from that kind of thinking. And uh, yeah, and, and it worked out well. Oh, we're so glad that you did. I'm sorry that you, you know, that these women were assaulted, but it's it's wonderful that that's where the idea uh, sprang from, for sure, because we certainly need it. Okay, we want to talk about the state of safety in New York City and in the U.S. in general. Can you give us some statistics? Yeah, just things that that happen in New York. I, I got my finger on the pulse on New York for the most part because um, you know this is this is currently where where we are, where we started it, where I live. You know, in New York, you you, know, you currently have about 150 sexual assaults happening every week or actually not happening 150 reported to NYPD mm. every every single week so but we also know that only one in four of sexual assaults are actually reported so we can safely estimate about 600 women get victimized in the city every uh, every single week and and these are two big numbers to uh, to ignore right it's not being talked about it's been largely ignored by most media outlets of course the reason it's being ignored by the news is that it's not new, right? It happens every week. Mm. It happened last week, the week before that, it will happen next week. So, uh, you know, the news, their job is to tell us what's new. And that's, uh, mm. unfortunately, it's not new. So it is being ignored, but it's there. 
and it's not it's not heading in the right direction. So these numbers are not uh, are not decreasing in any significant rate. Um, you know, you want to zoom out a little bit in the U.S. Uh, I think I believe the latest statistic is that one in five women is going to get sexually assaulted in her lifetime. You know, that's that's a lot, right? That's twenty percent of all. Women. It used to be one in six uh, a few years back when I started this this process, but uh, the numbers have gotten in the wrong direction. Now it's one in five, one in four if you're in college. So, ah. yeah, so it, 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 it just gets worse, right? So if anybody is trying to sell you a story that violence against women is, you know, the problem of the least educated or there's there's some like financial thing, right? Lower class, but it's all BS. Mm-hmm. It's all BS. Mm-hmm. No, and violence against women is everywhere on every class and it gets worse in um, in colleges. So, yeah, the, the problem that's too big for me to ignore, even though it's being ignored mm-hmm. by uh, others. It should not be ignored by anyone. Yep. I know, Matan, you've got a big job, and we are here to help you. <laughs> <laughs> Terrific. Yeah, we're all just leaves of ladies. We got a lot of uh, we got a lot of women to educate and empower right. Right, and equip with this type of training and this type of skill set. Right. Can you walk us through how to protect ourselves and others? Yeah, I mean that is that is a big question. It it really mm-hmm. all comes down to to doing the hard work, right? And gaining the skill set. And it is it's a skill set that uh, that has several levels to it, right? The first level is of course the awareness skill set. When you are very much aware of your surrounding and you're able to clearly identify threats and issues and and behaviors and red flags and and I talk a lot about red flags if you guys ever jump on my social media, you'll see a lot of those tips and stuff popping up on on a regular basis. Um, you know, things to look out for. So that increases safety um, right off the bat because you can then choose to take action. And that action is to walk away or to run away before mm-hmm. things uh, become back. And walking away and running away, it's, it's always, uh, you know, the preferred way of handling bad guys. It is the preferred way? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. If you can oh, okay. walk away or run away, right? If you cannot be there, right? The best sure, fight sure. is the fight that, you, that, that didn't happen. Right? Uh-huh. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So if you can choose not to be there, then that's um, that's that's preferred. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, in a lot of cases, um, that, mm-hmm. that's not an option, right? If a woman mm-hmm. is being entrapped or is being overpowered and she can't just choose to leave, then there is a physical skill set that must take place. And that's the fighting skills, right? Specifically Krav Maga, which is what I based our system on, the Israeli hand-to-hand combat. It's, it's very efficient, it's very quick to learn, and it is very brutal. And when women have that skill set, then they are less likely to have whatever victimization bad guy has in their mind be completed on them. They will be able to stop it, turn the tables, get out of there and continue living life. Mm. Yeah. So that's, you know, in, in, a, in a nutshell. Right. That's super important. I'm, I'm excited about your social media, too. I'm going to keep looking at that, too, because I think, you know, these red flags are important as well, because it, I guess what you're saying is like, when you see red flags, go ahead and get out of there before, if you have the chance. Yeah, and there usually are. There usually are. In fact, you talk to, you know, I've been, I've been doing this for many years now, and um, and unfortunately, I've had um, the opportunity to speak with women mm-hmm. who, who have been victimized, and almost yeah. always, they themselves can point out the red flags that they've just ignored. But almost always they have sent something, seen something, something that didn't add up. They had a bad feeling mm-hmm. about the guy. I had a bad feeling about it is one of these sentences that just keeps repeating itself over and wow. over again. Wow. You know, so why did you have a bad feeling? And then this is where those red flags come mm-hmm. up. Yeah. So it's important, you know, if anybody's looking for advice about that is if you have that bad feeling, just trust it. Right. Walk away, run away. Women's intuition is, uh, it is right. a part of, women's survival. It's very primal. It's very old, mm-hmm. right? So it's a, it's a part of our brain that's been there forever and we should not uh, ignore it, right? If your brain right. is telling you something's off, then there's probably something's off. Right. Which is so interesting to me because so many women don't trust their intuition mm-hmm. yeah, you know? they, until, yeah. uh, you know, they go through enough experiences where they realize they should have you know, and then, you know, it's too late or it's, it's later, you know, they went through a lot of things they shouldn't have had to go through because they didn't trust their intuition. So that's a huge thing. I mean, look, we live in a world today where we aren't being threatened all the time, constantly, right? Like, so those, those type of emotions and, and, and analysis, it started in the time where 
Mm. Now, be, being a human on Earth was a dangerous thing. Mm-hmm. Today, it isn't. So there is, and and we also became very smart. So for every bad feeling, there's going to be rationalization mm-hmm. against it. That mm-hmm. right, because nothing bad happened yesterday, and I felt it. So why would something bad happen today? Because I'm feeling it. Right. Just because you can rationalize something, and you can rationalize any behavior, right? Yeah. How yes. Yes. it is. Yeah, you can rationalize anything. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately rationalizing red flags it keeps you more vulnerable mm-hmm. and we, we don't want that vulnerability so it's better to just trust mm-hmm. the instinct walk away cut it cut it short and stay safe very important point so what sorts of classes do you all teach at at fit hit nyc yeah so fit hit is its own it's a fit hit class right it's basically uh the fit hit class is designed to take any person with Absolutely no experience in fighting mm-hmm. through the stages of developing the correct physical uh, skills, the fitness and athleticism that is associated with being able to handle yourself. It is a fitness studio. One of one of the reasons it's more most uh, it's so attractive to our target audience, which is women in New York, is our heavy emphasis on fitness and lifestyle and nutrition and athleticism, mm-hmm. weight loss and everything that um, that people would go to the gym to start with. But then there's this added value of the real skill set that comes on the other side. Even the name, by the way, you notice fit is first, right? So we start with sure. fitness first and hit is second. And hit is, you know, hitting, right? That's the punching. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so so it is a fitness studio, but the way we get people into shape is by the, the combat arts. And yeah, and mm-hmm. you would basically learn the gamut of what to do against any type of, of assault that is, uh, that is realistic today. Mm, that's brilliant. Yes. And one thing that I've learned from taking these self-defense classes is that usually we're going to assume that the person is stronger than you, but you are still going to be able to have skills to defend yourself, even if it's like something that you feel like David and Goliath situation. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, strength and size matter. It's not that they don't matter, Mm -hmm. but even big guys are vulnerable and they have vulnerable parts into them. We learn how to use leverage on certain joints and application through grappling. This this comes from uh, the world of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So we take, uh, you know, the striking arts, Krav Maga, Mutai, and the grappling arts, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, wrestling, Judo, and utilize those to create an, an even playing field, even if it's not even to start with, right? Even if the other guy is bigger and stronger, it's not fair, it's not even. Mm-hmm. You are able to cause more damage because now you have the skill set. And the room is really cool because it's large. And so there's a mat in the middle where you can do a bunch of things. And then they teach you a routine. And then you and a partner are working on an actual dummy that looks like a male. So it's a great way to practice that you can (laughs) kick and punch. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. That's really funny. Yeah, that's an important point. Yeah, forget, yes. that's something I forgot to mention. Yeah, one of the things that make Fit Hit classes so awesome is that you're actually training on a on a life size human like punching bag. Wow, right? so like a six foot tall, angry looking dude. And oh my can, Yeah, so if you are whatever height you are, you can see how your striking translates sure. on a bigger on a bigger guy. Can you hit? Where can you hit? And and it's fun, right? So if if a woman is already would have fun going to a kickboxing class and just right. you know pretend punch on something that's like a dummy. This is that mm-hmm. on a much next high, higher level. It's a next level up, right? So you can have the fun of the punching and the music and the, the fitness and all that other stuff, but there's also a skill set and there's also accuracy and there's also soft spots, right? So that's mm-hmm. uh, it all goes into play. Yeah, for sure. And then you can't just expect to take one class and mm-hmm. remember. And one of the things that... Oh, I forget her name, who was the trainer, but she talked about freeze. That's one of the biggest, there's like fear and I don't know what, there's all these words, I guess, fight, flight, fear and freeze. So freeze is the one that people don't talk about. But a lot of times that's like the reaction that people have. They just freeze and they they don't know what to do. But if you've been in these classes, then you won't freeze and you'll know exactly what to do quickly to get out of the situation because you don't have time to think. So it has to just kind of be automatic. Yeah. No, fight or flight or fight, flight, freeze and fawn, by the way, these are the four. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all there. They're, they're, it's an actually it's a hormonal reaction that our body goes through in, in yeah. response to stress, uh, threats, fear. Mm-hmm. Right. So fear is the emotion 
Mm -hmm. fight or flight would be the reaction the body's reaction mm -hmm. and then and then freeze right where the body can't do anything mm -hmm. there's no screaming there's no punching there's no kicking there is just this acceptance of what is uh of what is about to happen mm -hmm. and uh, one of the reasons right one of the reasons that people go into freeze is because just getting that that shot of adrenaline in our bodies which we get when we are under stress is not enough to turn anybody into a fighter okay so just because it's fight or flight your body's ready for a fight, but if you don't have the skill set to fight, then then you got mm -hmm. nothing, right? Then, mm -hmm. then you're just then you're just stuck there. Now, when you practice these positions for fun and for recreation, you know you're part of a community and you're actually looking forward to the next thing that you learn. If you find yourself in that same exact position down the line, mm -hmm. it's, it's not it's not as scary. You've been doing it, right? You've been doing it. You've been you've been thinking about it. It's not new and it's not terrifying. And um, so it's like muscle memory. It's like automatic. Well, once it's once there's a muscle memory there that you know what to do because you've experienced it before. But the second part is there is this uh, mental clarity because you just know right. what to do. Like the answer is there for you. You've done it a bunch of times. You practice it, and now you, know, you just go ahead and do it. Yeah, it's just a different. Yeah, that makes sense. It's just a different smell of that dude, right? <laughs> That's it. Right, everything right. else exactly the same. Two arms, two hands, face, right? Everything, right. neck, throat, like everything is exactly the same. So you <laughs> just take the skills and apply it in this worst uh, case scenario on higher level. Um, I would also argue, and this is um, this is really where we want all of our students. It's not that we want, right? This is what this is sure. the direction that our students are taking. Is that they are so skilled and so confident that when the time comes, their bodies don't even go into fight or flight. Mm -hmm. They make a conscious decision to either mm -hmm. fight their way through it or mm -hmm. run away, mm -hmm. but they are not overwhelmed hormonally by the. Mm -hmm. The fear of death, right? Which is really what creates fight or flight response for us. It's, mm -hmm. a, it's, it's a fear of dying. If that fear is not there because of how confident you are, then, you know, your heart rate doesn't even go high, that high. And all the things that happen during fight or flight might not even happen. You're just going to have to make a, a decision. Right. Is this person going to get hurt or do I have a different exit? That's it. And then you make that decision. That's so I could see why someone would freeze thinking, well, if I kick them, they could grab my foot. Well, if I poke them in the eye, they could, you know, they're going through all, like you said, we're too smart now for our own good. We're yeah. thinking through it. And by that time, you're, it's way too late. It's too late. It's too late. Fighting is not, is not this complicated. Right. Um, but you have to know really how isn't. to do it. So you don't have, but to you have to know how to do it. You have to know how to do it. For the yeah. most part, bad guys that choose to beat up on women are not sophisticated fighters, uh -huh. right? Like you can go without too much sophistication in your head. Well, if I'll do this, then he can do that. And I'll do this and he can do mm -hmm. that. And I'll do mm -hmm. this and he can do that. And like, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, a kick to the balls is a kick to the balls. You know, <laughs> 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 it, 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 it hurts. It, it has the, the desired effect <laughs> through like a few thousands of them. <laughs> Then um, you know, then you'll be you'll be hard to stop when, sure. when, when you throw it, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so during the seminar, they show videos, and and then they talk about okay, in this scenario, this is what you should do differently, and the things that happen can happen in broad daylight, and people are walking around, so don't you know, just let your guard down and think, oh, I'm walking on a busy street or. Who knows what? Mm -hmm. So also, I thought it was interesting they when they were saying that basically the role of the police is to, you know, post crime to do all the things that they need to do. But it's not necessarily to prevent crime. So that is why it's our responsibility to protect, to learn how to protect ourselves and others. Do you want to speak to that at all? Yeah, the, I mean, you mentioned a few things here. Um, so the first thing that you've mentioned is the idea of uh, other people being in the area. It's been, uh, mm. I, I can, you know, you, you can speak to a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of people that have experienced violence. Mm -hmm. Mo most of them are not isolated, just them and bad guy and nobody else around. Mm. Right? These attacks happen on subway platforms. There's a lot of people around. They happen in subway cars where there's other people in the subway car. They happen in bars where there's, you know, mm -hmm. people happens in the street all the time. So, just because other people are there doesn't necessarily make you safer. Mm -hmm. um, this thought that, okay, if something happens to me, then that dude over there is going to come to my rescue. Mm -hmm. It's wishful thinking, right? We can't count on that. Most of the time it doesn't happen. If it does happen, we usually celebrate it because it's so unique, right? Oh my God, a hero moment just happened. Mm -hmm. uh, but those hero moments are very few and far in between. 
And what what is a lot more common is that people have their own fight or flight moments during this. Mm. And if not, not intervening is safer for them, then that's what they'll choose. And it's the right thing to do, right? Because everybody is responsible to their own safety. Mm. Uh, so if they don't believe that they can actually survive what they're looking at, like that type of violence, then they'll choose mm-hmm. not not to engage. Mm-hmm. And that's and that makes sense. But for you, as as a potential victim, what does that mean? That means that you need to to know how to handle yourself. You can't you, you wait for the cavalry to arrive. So right. that's when it comes to just like regular people. And when it comes to police, I know a lot of people might feel more comfortable if they see police presence, right? So if they see people mm-hmm. in uniform or if they see other stuff, mm-hmm. but <laughs> how many crimes have been captured on the body cams of police officers that were in the area? Crimes happen fast. Crimes happen because one of the reasons is mental health and mental Mm -hmm. issues, you know, they don't have this respect for the badge or the police uniform. They'll go ahead and still punch that person and still push that person in front of a moving subway, uh, even if there is police presence around, right? And Mm -hmm. the police technically, you know, they're not there to foresee the future. Mm -hmm. They're not going to just arrest somebody because they think about a crime. Okay, they'll come in after the crime has been committed, but it you know it doesn't really yeah. help the victim, right? The victim has already been victimized. That's interesting. That makes me think about women with restraining orders and all of that kind of thing. The police can't do much, you know, besides that until after they've been hurt. Right. Or- so, exactly. Right. So let's say you have a restraining order against the person. Well, let's first start. Why is there a restraining order? Because wow. there was something violent or something close to violent that at least made a judge yes. fear for that woman's safety, right? Right. So then they have the restraining order. Okay. And let's say that person violates the restraining order. Mm-hmm. When do the police come in? After. After. Right. They, yeah. They're not, they're not high. They're not hired to sit there by the front door and just to make right. sure no bad people come in. Right. They are there to catch bad guys afterwards. So right. if the person is in violation, they, you know, they'll, they'll get caught and they'll pay the price. But does, does it matter to the person? No. Right. It doesn't matter. Right. To the woman who's been victimized, what happens afterwards is not relevant. The victimization right. has already happened. And that victimization has its own costs. And those are long-term. Even if the person is in prison, let's say all the good things happen with the law enforcement and all the good th- things happen with the, right. <laughs> you know, with our... Uh, too late. Yeah, it's too, for them, for them, for them, it's too late. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's a whole justice system that's, mm-hmm. that's messed up here also because even the bad guys that are being caught are, usually don't spend... Yes. Don't spend the time in prison that they're supposed to. But even if everything works the way it's supposed to and bad people end up behind bar, that victimization has happened. That woman will have to deal with it for the rest of her life. Right. And it is our role, right? It's our goal. It's our passion and it's our mission to just Mm -hmm. equip all these women with the tools so they wouldn't have to deal with the long ramification of being victimized. Mm. Right. That's it. Have the bad guy deal with that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, have them be injured, have them suffer trauma because right. they tried something and they failed on a woman that knows what she's doing. That's great. Just like you said, all we can come up with so many different scenarios, but every single one of them comes back to the woman having the skill set. That's all it is. In the first place. And that's all it is. Yeah. That is the most effective thing that will stop mm-hmm. an attacker. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a strong, skilled, and mm-hmm. and strong both by the way mentally and physically. Right? It's mm-hmm. not just a skill set. It's also the mm-hmm. set of beliefs that you can use that skill set. It's also mm-hmm. a set of beliefs that says that it's okay to use that skill set. It's okay mm-hmm. to hurt that person. Right. Right. For a lot of for a lot of women, that is a mental leap in in it of itself. Oh, totally. You know? Okay, I know how to throw a punch, it. but can I bring myself to hurt a person to that level? Right. Um, no. Right. To save myself. Imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, interesting. Yeah, you always think maybe you would do it, you know, if if you were if in the situation, but you can't count on that. So you really do. And also, I think it's great because the whole time you're exercising, you know, you have this this serious goal more than just looking better or feeling toned and all of that, which is important too. But this is a whole takes it to a whole nother level. Yes, it takes it to a whole other level. It's the, the getting tone and being strong and looking athletic and. Right. And being healthier, our client will go to the gym for those things anyway. So they might as well learn something on the way. Right. So that when they leave the gym, they don't just leave minus a thousand calories and a big smile because it was a good workout. But also there's a new skill in their back pocket just in case. Well, and some women, that's not enough of a motivator anyway to uh, to be toned. 
<laughs> you know, uh, yeah. they, they think, well, that'd be a good idea, but then it's just too, too much, too much. So the, <laughs> yeah, knowing yeah. that you're actually need to save your own life might be the motivation that actually, you know what, Alison, you'd think that you'd think that, yeah, but reality yeah. has proved otherwise. Yeah. Reality has proved otherwise. If that was the case, every hand-to-hand -hand um, combat school would be packed with women and it is right, right but but the spinning studios are and the pilates studios oh, are right and the zumba yeah. studios are and all these places that women go to to get in shape women drive fitness so i would say that as a whole as a group the motivation mm -hmm. to look better and feel better mm. outweighs outweighs the mm -hmm. motivation to go and learn that mm -hmm. skill set yeah okay But just be just looking at the market, right? Just looking at the market. I believe it. I see what you're right? saying. Yeah. yeah. So fit. So what FitHit does is that it answers that need first. Mm -hmm. yeah, you, you're going to get in shape. No doubt you're going to get in shape. You're mm -hmm. going to look beautiful. You're going to feel amazing. Your, mm -hmm. your, your body's going to get stronger. Your Whatever fitness goal you want to have, mm -hmm. you will gain at FitHit. But also, also next time you're on a date and that guy mm -hmm. you know, does something that's weird or scary, mm -hmm. you, you have control of what's about to happen. Yes. And that's, um, that's kind of like the magic ingredient. Yeah, that is, that is the magic ingredient. Now that you said that, because uh, I think about all the people that starve themselves, you know, do all these unhealthy things to get fit. So, you know, it's the exterior that they're, you know, that they're concentrating on what they look like rather than it's, actually it's, their it's both. Yes. There's right, there's fitness. Yeah. Fitness has levels to it, right? There's the exterior is the, what we call the aesthetics, right? Uh -huh. Element. How do I look? How right. does my body look? Do I have a six pack? Do I have a butt right. yellow? Right. You know, do I need right. this size? I want that size. Like that's one element. And then right. there's the performance, right? Some, you know, many women will go to a gym to just increase their performance, be physically stronger. Okay. Mm -hmm. Or be physically faster or more flexible. Mm -hmm. And then of course there's the mindset element, right? People go to the gym because it feels good afterwards mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. our body you know our brain rewards us with feel good hormones after after a great workout because mm -hmm. it's good for us and it gives us longevity we, we get to stay on the planet longer because our mm -hmm. heart is in better shape so you know fitness has its benefits we don't have to like go over every single right. fitness benefit but it's big enough to drive action for women where mm -hmm. defending themselves not as much mm -hmm. people know that they should but it's like you know right. kale and vegetables right? yeah like you gotta yeah. convince yourself to go and do it like it's not fun exactly. to take that the bitter pill so we make it fun right we take that right. that pill of uh, of self-defense and we wrap it with a whole lot of chocolate right. and ice cream and peanut butter <laughs> <laughs> it's easier to swallow <laughs> yeah. i would agree with that when i took the class i felt like a total badass and loved <laughs> it was loud music which i need to feel like a total badass so that i can be mm -hmm. ready for anyone who's going to come attack me also like a great sense of community like all these girls here we are we're gonna get these skills and we're gonna be able to protect ourselves and anyway it was a really really cool experience that i would highly recommend matan think of how much violence against women could be avoided or lessened if we have been taking self-defense classes since elementary school why is this not a thing how can we make taking self-defense classes the earlier the better the norm like you've You've got to do this, Matan. You've got to get into all the schools. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm in the I'm on the parents' level first, right? Let's uh, let's educate the grownups, and then mm -hmm. it, I feel it will naturally grow. Um, I, I, you know, when I used to teach more, right now, uh, you know, I'm growing. I'm growing the company. I teach less, but uh, my, mm -hmm. my team is amazing. You guys experienced my team, and 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 you see the the, the level we have. Just unbelievable instructors. That is their mission. Mm -hmm. But when I used to teach, I, I I used to go to schools. I used to, um, you know, I taught seminars in in high schools and some other places. But it it really it doesn't get unfortunately mm -hmm. that's that skill set doesn't get the same attention as reading and writing. Mm -hmm. And I and and I think I, I don't think I I mm -hmm. believe that it should. Right. You learn how to read. You learn how to write. You should learn how to how to handle yourself. Yeah, part of and me. if uh, yeah, and if your school doesn't offer it, then the parent make a conscious decision. Send your girls to Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Send mm -hmm. your girls to Muay Thai. Send your girls to an MMA place. Send your girls to wrestling. All the stuff that they say is not girly. Mm -hmm. It's nonsense. Okay, you can be super feminine and also know mm -hmm. how to kick ass. And uh, and if mm -hmm. the parents actually expose their child to this early on, you know, it's before the universe has given them an opinion about if it's right or wrong, if it's scary or not scary, right? right. It's going to go because it's fun and they're with other kids right. and learning a cool new thing every day. Uh, right. I would say that 
it's right up there with reading, writing, using a computer, mm-hmm. learning how to handle yourself. It's it's on right. the, uh, on those same levels of basic skills that uh, right. that people need today. That makes sense. So it's kind of like blowing this fantasy world wide open that there that it's still going on every day, every week, every month. It's not going anywhere. It's going to continue happening. And because of that, it's just as important to know how to protect yourself as it is to eat healthy or learn to use a computer. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's um, the, the one, one of the most important skill sets. Yes. It's how, it's how to handle yourself. Absolutely. Right. Right. I guess, like you said, is the further we got away from feeling that we're constantly in danger and having to scavenge for our food and all that, we've become more and more complacent and just thinking that other someone else bigger and stronger is going to take care of that for us. Yeah. Yeah. Or that you don't have options or if that something is, is going to happen to you, then it is what it is. And you're just mm-hmm. going to be victimized. Mm-hmm. Almost, almost expect a, accepting the victim role mm-hmm. as, as a oh. given because yes, yes, there's yes. really nothing I can do against a bigger, stronger right. man. And, right. and, and that's just not true. Right? right. It's just, it's just not true. Can you in, give us in so many faces in so many, um, in so many instances? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's thrilling to know. And more women need to be aware of that. Yeah. Uh, that we need to grow the awareness. Okay. What about for someone living in a big city? What is a, a subway survival guide? Like every time you go down those stairs, you think you're putting your life in, you know, I guess it goes back to the skill set. There you go. Yeah. You answered, you answered your own question. The subway becomes safer when nobody can touch you because mm-hmm. it will it will have a cost you also carry yourself differently you know when mm-hmm. you when you are when you are skilled you know when you, when you have an athletic physique that is skilled there is a level of confidence that is real can't fake it you know a lot of mm-hmm. not a lot but at least some women over over time have shared with me that they were taught to fake confidence as they walk so people will mess with them less uh, mm-hmm. that's that's just nonsense confidence confidence mm-hmm. comes from competence if there is no competence your confidence is thin Mm -hmm. and it's not going to deter anybody Uh, but a skill set is a deterrence that's a real deterrence right right that's the answer well in the meantime for people that are listening that haven't begun self-defense classes and things like that do you recommend things like mace or anything no anything not really no no there's no there's no gadget that's going to show up for you uh, mm-hmm. unless you're very highly trained with it. Mm-hmm. Um, usually it's going to be in your purse anyway. Yeah. yeah. What are you going to do? You're going to start looking for it while, while you get punched in the face. Unless you walk around with the mace in your hand, ready to go, ready to launch, you know exactly <laughs> how to use it and not get hit with it yourself. That All these gadgets. Uh, <laughs> so we talk about these gadgets. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, here's, here's the reality, right? I run one of the largest self-defense organizations in the United States. I'm even going to push probably one of the largest self-defense organizations in the world. Mm-hmm. Just imagine how much money I could have made if I just offered those things for sale on the way to my students, right there on the desk, mm-hmm. right? If you think about all the thousands of people that walk through our doors on a regular basis, if every single one of them was just encouraged to spend an extra 20 bucks on this and an extra 30 bucks on this mm-hmm. to save their lives. Mm-hmm. It would be literally millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. I've done the math. It's millions mm-hmm. of dollars that I'm leaving on the table because mm-hmm. I don't believe that mm-hmm. any gadget will have a significant effect on your safety without the skill set, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. without the skill set to, to back it up. So, um, so I don't recommend it. We talk, uh, I've tested a few of those gadgets, those that are supposed mm-hmm. to bring awareness, like, uh, like rape whistles and yes. and rape alarms. Um, right. Go on my social media. You can see what actually happens when a woman activates a rape alarm in New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, spoiler alert: nothing. No, nobody comes to her aid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, thirty people would pass it, hear it, their own video. There is a man standing right on top of her, looking scary. The alarm wow. is going, and nobody's intervening. Um, we've done the same thing with a rape whistle, where. We basically had a hidden camera and um, the video was basically me as bad guy grabbing Victoria in the street, right on 27th street and pulling her into an entrance and she starts blowing the whistle. Mm -hmm. And I'm just holding her in that like building entrance thing right off the street. 
Yeah, about 15 people have passed, definitely heard the 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 whistle going. No, nobody has even made an attempt to see what was going on or why if she's okay or not. The, yeah, like I said, all of those little gadgets are a waste of money. Put them in the garbage and learn how to use mm-hmm. the real weapons that that your body has, right? Your arms, your legs, mm-hmm. your elbows, your head, your shins, your knees. You have you have 11 weapons that you can count on that will do a lot more damage than mace or a rape whistle or any one of those little toys or any, or any app. That's, that's the funniest part. <laughs> this, app. this app. Yeah. There's all these apps, all these self-defense apps, you know, like wow. something happens and it alerts somebody like your boyfriend who's like an hour away and the police and all this other stuff. Like, wow. That's so moronic. It's so such a wow. waste of, of money. Well, it's a, it gives you a false time. sense of security. Total, total false sense of security, total yeah. false sense of security. Um, Weapons are only as good as you're trained on them. Mm-hmm. You can't just buy a thing and hope that it would work. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and your skills are just something nobody can take away. Well, also, right? yeah, you don't hear, I mean, like if you were performing self-defense, if you did have a gun and you did shoot someone, you're going to, you're going to have a lot of court battles ahead of you and things that, like that. Look, that doesn't, I don't. Like I wouldn't look at court battles as a reason not to kill somebody who's trying to kill you. Right. I think that's fine in any in any way, right? Like let's say you kill somebody with your hands, or you kill somebody with a knife or with a gun. Like it doesn't matter. Like you're gonna have oh. to deal with the system, like no matter what, right? Okay. So that's not. I don't. I don't look at that as a factor. New York City. I mean, good luck being able to carry a gun here. You know, it's not. Mm-hmm. It's not something that. Uh, people can do. Mm-hmm. I can. I can probably attest just from my conversation with a few thousand New York women. It's not even something they'd like. You know, right. women don't wouldn't even want to walk around armed. No. Um, in a lot in a lot of different areas. Just having a gun doesn't make you safer. Being well trained with a with a with a firearm is different, right? If you are well trained with the firearm, then of course your safety will go up. But it all goes under the skill set of fighting. Mm-hmm. Like that's, uh, mm-hmm. that, that's a part of it. Okay. So what about walking around a big city? So I try and think that I'm giving off. Don't mess with me vibes. I don't know if it's working, but do you have any, any tips for how we should carry ourselves as we walk so that we don't look like an easy target? Well, the, the best way to look like you're not an easy target is to not be an easy target. Mm-hmm. Right. Is to, is to have a skill set that makes you very dangerous. So, mm-hmm. so you're not, so you're not an easy target. Now being aware of your surrounding is clearly a better thing, right? So if you are aware of a person while they're still far away and they are aware that you are aware, mm-hmm. and if he's like in a place where he can pretty much attack anybody right now, he's just looking for the opportunity. Mm-hmm. It, it would make sense for them to attack somebody that at least looks like they're not aware because it will be easier. They, they, they are more vulnerable if they are unaware. So if you got your eyes on your phone and your earplugs in with music and can't see and you can't hear anything that's happening around you, then you are more vulnerable. And bad guys understand that, right? So they can choose that. So they'll choose a person who is unaware mm-hmm. faster than they'll choose that person that is already making decisions based on the negative feeling that they got, mm-hmm. right? On, on the way up. Yeah, so that's, that's like phase one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they're going to be, again, you know, the statistics sure. are relevant to the individual. There's going to be times when you look aware, you look around, you see the person, they look weird, you try to leave, they catch you, whatever, and then they decide that this is it. Like, no matter what, you're going to find yourself on the wrong side of violence. And it doesn't matter how you look or how you hold yourself at that point. It only matters what you know. What can you create at that moment of truth? Mm-hmm. Especially if it's someone that you do know. Or someone. Exactly. Right. So if it's somebody that you do know or somebody that you just got started to knowing right, in, the, in the world of dating and online dating yeah, or, yeah. you know, you just you, you, you took the wrong Uber yeah. car with the wrong driver and he's just okay. decided, you know, we're in this car and this car is locked. That, that happens too. You know, you hear a lot of different issues with those, you know, getting into some stranger's car and moving along. So, mm-hmm. Some women actually would go into the wrong car because they think it's the, the car and oh, then find right. themselves in a bad situation. Awareness solves some of those issues and then the fight skills will solve the rest. Right. 
okay, I think you've already answered this and it's a depressing thing, but uh, talking about men, is there any way we can change the, can we change that? Can we alter the conversation, you know, the way that it is seen in culture and also getting, getting the, getting, you know, more police action and punishment for, uh, no, I don't know that that is going to be the deterrence. The way you change the conversation is by equipping millions of women the ability to handle themselves. Mm-hmm. So now we are talking about how many rapists find themselves dead in an attempt to touch a woman. How many? Mm-hmm. If you make if you make sexual assault dangerous to ah. the perpetrator, then a perpetrator will think twice before actually doing that. Mm-hmm. Right. I always like to compare it to, uh, you know, if I was to ask you, Allison, what do you think there is more in the world? People who sexually assault women or people who wrestle alligators? What do you think there's more? <laughs> right. There's probably more people that are assaulting women because I'm wrestling sure. alligators sure. is, is right. freaking dangerous. Right. 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 So people choose not to wrestle alligators right. because they're afraid they're going to get hurt. Right. Okay. Then what if we make assaulting a woman as dangerous to the, to the person who's trying to assault them as if they went out to wrestle an alligator. Well, they might decide to find a different hobby, right? <laughs> and they'll, they'll figure it out because it's freaking dangerous. Right. Today, unfortunately, it is very safe to sexually assault women. Yeah. Most women don't have, and this is, again, this is what we are, this is why we exist. This is why Fit Hit exists. This is our mission, right? To equip. Yeah. Uh, but most women today, unfortunately, don't have the skill set to defend themselves. And then, unfortunately, the the all of the other elements that are supposed to be helping us out, right? Between mm-hmm. getting arrested, getting convicted and put in prison, mm-hmm. only, only 2% of rapists will ever actually spend a day in prison. 2%. Mm, so what does that tell you? Yeah. So that tells you that there's a 98% success rate yeah. in sexually assaulting a woman and going home safely. Wow. All right. Wow. It is not dangerous to assault women. I mm. want to make it dangerous. I want people to feel that if they put a hand on a woman, it is just as dangerous as if they try to assault an mm. animal that could easily tear them to shreds. Ooh, okay, like so the conversation isn't about how do we change men's perception, right? It's really how do we equip women mm. to, to one, react this way and two, believe that they can react this way. Because you got, you got to smash some, some self-limiting beliefs in this universe. We do that on a regular basis. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, so that's how, that's how you change the world. But there is no, I don't believe that there is any conversation to be had that will change man's um, violent nature. Right. I don't think that's, I mean, that's one of those primal things as well, I guess. Yeah, it is what it is. It's a combination of crazy that, you know, good luck changing that with conversations. Right. Right. And the opportunity and drugs and alcohol and just a lot of different things Mm -hmm. and, and just being a bad person. Mm -hmm. And do you think anything like the way a woman dresses has anything to do with it? Or is that just another excuse? I would say if you have the skill set, you wear whatever you want to wear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's what I would say. But oh, what, what's the reality? The reality is that women are attacked at every season, no matter right. what they wear. Right, right, right. right? I mean, no if you're going to tell age. me that, yeah, I mean, if you if you tell sure. me that a short skirt, right? If you tell me that a short skirt uh-huh. and a cleavage will make her more likely to be assaulted, okay, then how do you explain the seventy-five-year-old right. woman with the cane that was sexually assaulted four days ago? Right, right? <laughs> like, exactly. You know, crazy is going to be exactly. crazy. Yeah, okay. so there's that. Okay. And before we started, we were chatting before and you mentioned some red flags and that you give tips on your social and then also that women have instincts. And a lot of times we don't trust those instincts. So will you talk to us about the things that we talked about before? Red flags, instincts, all of that? Yeah, sure. So when we talk about instincts specifically and in, in intuition, um, I would highly recommend to women to to listen to their intuition. You see, your brain is capable of going very fast, reading a lot of different cues. Even if you don't know consciously why you have that bad feeling, you are analyzing different cues that are nonverbal. And when the brain feels something is off, it just it it gives you a little alarm. 
alarm, right? The little alert. And it comes in the in the form of a feeling, right? It's, it's a bad feeling. Uh, when you get that, you wanna you wanna trust it. And the, the fastest action is to leave. That is the fastest, easiest thing to do, is to walk away or run away. So you always want to you always want to trust that. Now there are some clear indications that things are wrong. Uh, the specific the last thing that I did specifically was red flags in the world of dating. Uh, you know, what to look for when starting to dating, when we start to date a man. What you're looking for is is underlying signs of aggression, right? So for example, if you guys are going out and they are being very aggressive and demanding to a, to a wait staff, not to you specifically, like they're still trying to impress you, but they're very aggressive to like a wait staff, that's, that's a red flag. Anybody that defines themselves as having a short fuse, right? Where they go from zero to like crazy angry, very, very fast, short fuse and violence are very highly correlated. So you want to recognize those type of behaviors. Um, if all your friends hate them, <laughs> that's a red flag usually, right? If everybody ah. sees something and you just decide to not see it, right. that's usually a red flag, right? Like if five people tell you that this person makes them feel bad and like everybody's, right. everybody's body is tingling, you want to listen right. to that as well. There's a reason it's there and there might be a reason why you don't feel it. Or they tell you that afterwards. He always scared me. He always scared me, yes. <laughs> Thanks. Why didn't you say something, right? Why didn't you say something? Um, if okay. They, yeah. You know, I, I also found that if they take the time to um, boast about times that they used to be violent, mm -hmm. and not even against women, but they just use violence as a way to show masculinity almost oh like sure with you right you know so yeah so this guy looked at me wrong and i punched him and i kicked the shit out oh of him, right, blah, blah, right, right right like they think they are saying something to impress you right. as an individual but in reality okay. they are telling you i am a violent person ah. ego ego is something that is oh, fragile yeah. over here and if my ego gets challenged i have no problem shifting to violence and and that is a red flag you should be aware of that uh, will you say that one more time for everybody? Which part? I think, I think it's important. <laughs> I'd like for you to say that again about the fact that if it sounds like they're being macho or whatever, but really. Well, if it sounds, yeah. So if they choose to impress you mm -hmm. with their violent past, mm -hmm. so they they mention stories like, oh, this person was looking at me wrong and, you know, ego basically ego-driven behavior that has led into physical violence then we know that this person has no problem connecting, be, having a fragile ego or having his emotions hurt mm -hmm. or challenged. And that being translated into physical violence. If they mm -hmm. can, if they can connect that line for you, mm -hmm. you need to realize that that line exists. Mm -hmm. Okay. This mm -hmm. person is better with his fists than he is with his words. Mm -hmm. And that is, uh, and that is a red flag. Mm -hmm. That's really important. I feel like, cause some, uh, women and you know young women especially if it's like oh this somebody looked at me wrong and he punched him out and, and they think that is a big compliment you know that he loved them so much he would fight for them but yeah. in reality you know that's not that's not really the case so it's not it's not. It's, it's, a, it's, a sense of, it's a sense of ownership ah, that is yes. usually yeah that is usually not in the best interest of the woman in their relationship Right. Okay? And I am, yes. I, I consider myself to be a protector, but I don't right. just punch sure. people because they look weird into, right. you know, in, right. in, in our direction. Right. Yeah. Now I'm, right. you know, I'm, I'm lucky. You know, I have the skill set. My wife is a professional MMA fighter. She's the first woman to fight in Madison Square Garden. So she might be the one to punch oh, somebody wow. if they look at me weird. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. You know a, how to de-escalate. Yes. Yeah, no, but but the reality, yeah, but that's but that's the reality. If they are quick uh -huh. to to physicality mm -hmm. and they think that that's a good thing, that should be a red flag for you in okay. this in this type of relationships. Yeah. Okay. Very important, I think. Baton, what is next for you? And mom was hoping that it's gonna be a nationwide or worldwide expansion. Yeah, you said it. Worldwide expansion. That is my um that's where I set my 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 aims at right now. Good, um, good. Fit hit is fit hit doesn't solve a New York problem. It's not a neighborhood problem. It really is a global problem. It exists right. in every country and in every city and in every community, and every place could benefit from from fit hit. 
Uh, yes. We we opened Fit Hit. We just kind of got started in 2019, but our grand opening was in 2020, in January of 2020 in New York City, which means we had to shut down in March of 2020. So oh Fit Hit, yeah. And then we opened a year and a half later. So Fit Hit um, right. didn't get the opportunity to go through like a full year right, uh, right from, the, from, from the get-go. And now, you know, it's this post-COVID world. Right. Uh, but technically, there should have already been a few more Fit Hits out there. Right. Uh, reality is currently there's the one in in New York. We do train online, uh, which we have clients logging in from all over the world. So we mm-hmm. we do we are far reaching on the online, but it is our uh, plan to put more fit hits in yeah. more cities, and more, more communities. Yes, because we need the dummy. You need the dummy, and <laughs> most women won't have the dummy at their house. <laughs> yeah, you need the dummy. Uh, I just think it's so great. I really do. I'm excited and feel empowered like Delia was saying, and we just need to keep getting the word out. What you're doing is, is a true mission. Absolutely. It is a mission for us, for sure. So to wrap it up, will you tell everyone again, one last time where they can find you and FitHip? Yeah. So I'm on Instagram at Matan's Method, or you can look my name, Matan Govish, but Matan's Method is the uh, is the handle name. I've been off social media for about a year. I just got back on it, mm-hmm. and uh, and I'm pretty active on it. So there's uh, there's some really cool stuff that is coming that is coming up. Some very educational stuff, tutorials and things to oh, look great. out for. Bite sized stuff, tons of tips. So feel free to follow me at, at Matan's Method. M A T A N S. M A T A N S Method. Yeah. Okay. That's my my handle name, right? Uh, on Instagram, and of course there is uh, uh, there's FitHit. You can find us at FitHit.com mm-hmm. and see our schedule where we are. And also, you can use that website to contact us directly for whatever you need. Right? If the website doesn't answer all your questions. There's a little chat button on it. Just hit it, and you'll talk to somebody who knows a whole lot. Wonderful! My goodness, this has been such an important episode. I feel thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Delia. Thank you, Allison. Of course. Okay, everyone, get to Fit Hit ASAP. <laughs> that is serious. I know. I'm online. I feel very serious and yeah. passionate. So we are going to champion you, Matan, and Fit Hit, and everyone. We will see you next time. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into this episode on the Style That Finds Us podcast. If you like this podcast, make sure to tell a friend and subscribe. You can be a part of growing with us. Also, do you know about our weekly newsletter? You'll get access to exclusive content in our newsletter that we don't post anywhere else. Our newsletter comes out every Tuesday with the exception of the third Thursday of the month for Allison's special Celebrating Life After 40 edition. Head to the bottom of the Style That Binds Us website to subscribe.